everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, this is Ress, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of Christopher Carlton Thompson. Christopher Topkins is a 39-year-old African-American male in Missoula, Harris County, Georgia. On January 25, 2002, Christopher was working as part of a survey crew near County Line Road off of Warm Springs Road in Harris County, Georgia. He arrived at work around 8 a.m., just like any other day. He left his car at the company office before riding with a co-worker to the work site. At this time, he was working with three co-workers. They were all about 50 feet apart from each other throughout their work day. Around 1.30 p.m., it was noted that Chris was gone. One co-worker recalls looking away for a second, mid-conversation with Chris, and looking up, realizing Chris was gone. Now, this co-worker says they originally believed that Chris maybe went near the trees or bushes to pee. However, he called Chris's name out a couple of times and didn't get a reply. That co-worker says he then got up to tell the other co-workers and they began to walk to where Chris was last working, but they didn't find him there. What they did find is one of his work boots hanging from a barbed wire fence and his tools simply laying on the ground. They called the police who told them they had to wait 24 hours before reporting him missing. Now, Christopher's mother has talked to the press and explained that though Christopher was last seen around 1.30, no one had called to tell her that he was missing until around 4.30 that day. And while police said that they could not file an official missing persons report until 24 hours, Christopher's mother and other family members went out and did a search themselves without any assistance from law enforcement. They combed the area where Chris was working. His mother states, what we found was puzzling. It did not make sense in the light of what Christopher's co-workers told authorities. After 24 hours, Chris's disappearance was officially looked into by the police. Police conducted a search where his boot was found. In that area, they found a blue piece of fabric. This fabric looked like it was something that came from Chris's pants. And they also found 12 cents. The way that they found it made on think that it fell from his pocket, maybe as he was running away or walking away. The co-workers were questioned, but none were ever named or treated as suspects by the police. The police actually believe Chris just ran off. It's reported pretty much everywhere that you will find this story that Chris's boss made a statement about how Chris had been acting weird the last couple of days. Now, Chris's family thought this was odd because he lived with his mom and his mom said, no, there was nothing strange going on. There was nothing out the ordinary about the way he was behaving in those last couple of days. And I try really hard to search and figure out what exactly these odd behaviors were. And it appears I wasn't the only one who was curious, okay, what do you mean by odd? As several people around the web have asked this very question. But it appears that 
no specific statement was ever made. Even certain articles have written about the fact that this statement is made without any clarification whatsoever. And while this is odd, even odder is a week after Chris disappeared, one of those three men, his co-workers, that stated they went looking for him after they noticed he was gone, lawyered up. And no one seems to know why, as they were never named as suspects, nor were they ever treated as people of interest. In fact, at the time that he lawyered up, the police were still stating that they believe Chris walked off on his own. Chris's mother believes there's far more to this story. She actually believed the co-workers know far more than they let on. Five months after Christopher disappeared, a farmer found Chris's other boot in a swamp area of his land. Now, some articles state that this land was about a mile away from where Chris was last seen. Other articles state that it was several miles away from the area he was last seen. But what we know is that on that January 25th day, Chris disappeared and no one heard a thing. He was mid-conversation with someone, close enough to a co-worker that they could have a conversation, but no one heard anything. No one heard him walk away. No one heard him run. No one heard any strange or odd noises. He was there. And then the story we're made to believe is that then he just wasn't. At the time of his disappearance, Christopher was only 20 years old. Now, with this story, this is a short one in regards to the actual facts. All we really have is what the co-workers told us. The boot that was found on a barbed fence. Tools found near this boot. 12 cents that they believe fell out of his pocket, and that five months later, a boot found in swampy land. That's it. The police never treated this case seriously. The police never really put in much effort. They almost immediately said, yeah, he walked away from his life. He's a 20-year-old guy. He's on a job. He probably didn't really like that much. He just upped and walked away. He upped and walked away with no one hearing him. He was his co-worker, allegedly turning away for just a minute. So while that's all the facts we have on the case, and no matter how you cut it, you can look all around the web, you're gonna find pretty much the exact same details. Now, how far away was the swampy land where his boot was found five months later? Eh, that varies. And in one article, the way that it's written, it, it seems to apply that Christopher's family is actually the ones who found the first boot, but in other articles, it makes it seem like his co-workers are the ones who found the boots and the 12 cents. So things like that change, but all the major details are the same. There's a boot at the work site. There's tools at the work site. There's 12 cents. A boot is found five months later and no one heard anything disappear mid-conversation. And that's it. No matter how you chop it up. And because there was no real police investigation, there's nothing else to go on but that. And it's been almost 20 years since he disappeared. There's really not any way to go back now and try to find new evidence. So usually this is a point where I talk about what we'll find on social media. But 
As I've explained before, usually cases that start before 2007-2009, you don't really find a lot on social media because this was really the age of MySpace. We really did not have a lot of people doing like missing person pages or sharing mass or local news via social media. That really more so came in with Facebook and Instagram, which would not blow up until later. So with this being a case that started in 2002, you really don't find anything on social media. There's a couple missing person pages that have reposted flyers and reposted that same story, but that's about it. Now there are threads on different forums such as Reddit and WebSleuths, and they mainly just talk about the theories which we're going to get into, but we really don't get locals coming in saying, hey, you know, this was a rumor, or hey, you know, these two guys, they're not really the best guys or anything like that. I did find out from one article that two of the three co-workers did have a criminal record with one in particular having a violent criminal record. He would go on to be arrested for a violent crime that's unrelated to the case. But we aren't even told their names because they're never treated as suspects or a person of interest. But usually on social media, what you're fine is that somebody is going to say, oh yeah, that's Erica's brother. His name is blank, 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 blank. He went to blank, blank, blank school. He stays around blank, blank, blank area. Things like that. You usually have people slip up and say, oh yeah, man, he was always a rough guy in high school. He was always fighting. Things such as that, but you don't find that in this case. And I really just believe it's because it was before the time of sharing those type of things on social media. And that makes this case even harder because all we have to go on is pretty much what news sources reported and police reported. And honestly, neither source reported that much. But let's go ahead and get into the theories. And for such a case with so little details, it has a hell of a lot of theories. So let's talk about the first theory. This is a theory that police pushed forward and it seems like maybe even his boss tried to throw this theory out there. This is a theory that Christopher walked off on his own. Now, this is a theory that the internet seems to be split down the middle on. On one hand, you have people saying, yeah, I mean, they never found a body. He was a 20-year-old guy. People said he was acting weird. They were on this main road. It's definitely a chance he just hitched a ride somewhere or got up and walked away. Then you have the other side of the internet that says, his friend keeps saying he only turned for a minute and he disappeared. He would not be able to disappear that fast without anyone seeing him. And see, this is also my issue in the case. They were mid-conversation. The co-worker explained that he was still talking to Chris when he turned away. And when he turned back, Christopher was gone. I don't believe Christopher could have just completely disappeared in a matter of a minute, which his co-worker emphasized, without someone seeing him at least walk or run, getting to a car or something. There's just really not enough time to disappear in just a minute, especially seeing that Chris did not have his car. He rode with his coworker to this work site. So he would have had to walk on foot or run unless we're going to go with the theory that he was hitchhiking, someone picked him up. But I find that really hard to believe as well, because again, we have the fact that no one heard anything. They didn't hear cars passing by. They didn't hear him scream or panting or even running. Even the theory that the 12 cents that were found near his tools was him, was his running from the ground. I find it hard to believe that as he was running, when those things were falling, no one heard them hit the ground. No one heard him climb a barbed wire 
fence. No one heard her panting, huffing, the sound of grass beneath his feet. I find that really hard to believe, but it's one of the biggest debated theories on this case. Now, the second biggest theory on this case is what a lot of you are probably thinking, that Christopher's co-workers may have done something to him and are trying to cover it up. Now, this theory also has internet split. Usually, a lot of the people who do not believe the first theory usually fall along with those who believe in the second theory. And the reason I believe in this is because the story just really does not add up. Christopher disappeared in a minute. No one heard anything. No one saw anything. He left without his boots. I mean, one boot was found almost immediately after he left. And the second one was found five months later on a property somewhere between several miles and one mile away from where he was. And if we're going to say he walked away, that means you're saying he walked away without his shoes. He took his shoes off or he ran out of his shoes. And if it's a matter of he ran out of his shoes, that leads me to believe he was scared of something. And if he's scared of something, I'm thinking he's making noise as he runs. So... Along that line of reasoning, a lot of people wonder, mm, what's going on with those co-workers? Now, there are several different things that people throw out as a possibility of why the co-workers may have harmed him. One being drug involvement. People speculate that it's possible that they were doing some type of drug and Chris OD or some type of accident happened and the co-workers panicked and hid his body. Now, while I can see why people said that, that too has a lot of plot holes. For example, his co-workers were actually the ones that called the police, and it seemed they called the police rather quickly. Not only that, but when the police came and when family came, some of Chris's items were found. A lot of people point this out and wonder, okay, wouldn't it make sense that if they did something that they would take everything and just bury it with him? And just to play devil's advocate, I do want to throw it out there that it's not unusual to hear about perpetrators who insert themselves into a case. There's definitely a large amount of perpetrators who literally cannot help themselves. They show up to volunteer for searches. They introduce themselves to the family and pretend to play some big role in the person's life, though no one else had ever seen them interact with them. Things such as this. And then also, kind of like we had in a case of Tiffany Johnson and Taliba Islam with their alleged perpetrator. In the case of Taliba, the alleged perpetrator, in that case, Chris, he is the one who called the police and actually reported her missing. He gave the police a whole story. And guess what? His story also did not make a lot of sense either. So it's not completely unheard of. Another thing people throw out there to kind of go against this theory is their story made no sense. A lot of people point to the fact that this story that they give is ridiculous. And if you're going to make up a story to try to hide your guilt, to try to hide that you did something, why not make up one that is plausible? Why not make up one that isn't surrounded in mystery and make people kind of side-eye them? And let's be honest, I turned away for a minute, mid-conversation, he magically disappeared, didn't hear anything. Mm, that's very suspect statement, and it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't think it's fair to use this as a reason why they could not have done it, because there are lots of offenders who voluntarily 
throw themselves in the midst of the case and they throw themselves in there with all types of ridiculous statements that just make them seem more shady. And honestly, this is probably the theory that makes the most sense, being that he was alone with just these guys. They were the last people to see him. Their story doesn't make sense. The truth of the matter is there's actually nothing directly pointing to them. Though I do want to point out The police did almost no work, so even if there was something directly pointing to them, we probably wouldn't know. Now, one of the next theories you'll hear is the theory that he was attacked by wildlife. But the biggest problem here is one, the wildlife in this area isn't really known to attack people unless they are being threatened. This isn't an area where you have wild animals looking for human prey. It's just not a thing in that area. Also, if he was attacked by an animal, I just can't imagine a way that happens without anyone hearing anything whatsoever. This seems to be a theory that's just kind of thrown out there because they're near a wooded area in a rural kind of town. And it's just one of those things that, you know, would make sense with the scene, but it doesn't make sense with the facts of the case. Now, this is where things kind of turn from true crime into sci-fi because the next couple of theories kind of goes from, okay, where was the boot left? What do we have footprints to? Yeah, man, there's totally aliens. And in fact, that is one of the theories that Christopher was, now people that argue this theory, their whole thing is that he had that 12 cents that fell out the ground. He had the boot that was kind of upside down on the barbed wire. People say that this one makes sense because when aliens abduct you, Apparently, you kind of just float up into the spaceship and that would make sense why all these things kind of fell in the area that it did. But it kind of leaves out the fact that his boot was found at least a mile away. Now that's where saying the aliens just kind of threw it out on their way to wherever else they were going. And look, my sarcastic tone is not about the proof or denial of aliens whatsoever. It's more so just about how it's the tiniest connection to make this theory. This is a stretch. This is Olympics level long jumping conclusions right here. And while yes, I guess it would explain him disappearing without any type of noise, this is even an area where I found people reporting seeing aliens before. This is in small town Georgia near near Macon, Alabama, and I'm not saying aliens don't care about Georgia or Alabama. I'm just saying for this theory to be thrown out there just because there was 12 cents found on the ground in a boot upside down on a fence just does not seem very likely. Going along with the sci-fi theme, we have the theory of Christopher stepping into a portal. Yes, a portal. You will find this theory mainly on Reddit forums. The whole theory is that Chris fell into some type of time portal into another dimension. Now, this theory really kind of resembles the whole Mandela effect. If you don't know what the Mandela effect is, it's basically this theory that there are multiple dimensions and every now and then timelines get messed up and people that were originally on one dimension get switched over to the other by accident. And this is noticed by little things that 
a somewhat significant amount of the population may have a different memory of big events. So, for example, the freeing of Nelson Mandela, which is where this theory got its name. Apparently, there is a large amount of people around the world who remember Nelson Mandela as dying in present. And in fact, if you Google the Mandela effect, it will blow your mind how many people will argue up and down on the net that no, Nelson Mandela died in prison. He never made it out. He never became president. That's not a thing. While the rest of the world is like, no, he definitely came out. He definitely became president. He definitely died just a few years ago. And for people who believe in the Mandela effect, this is one of the examples of that those timelines kind of crossing and people who lived in one dimension somehow got mixed up into the other dimension. And while life seems normal for the most part, there'll be little things like that that pop up that will let them know, hold on, something is going on here. I don't remember this happening. And again, it's not something that just happens to one person. There's a large group of people. And this is not the only example. There are literally hundreds of examples where there's a large part of the population literally around the world that have different memory of things that are still here today. And you can arguably prove like, nope, this is what happened. But there's a pretty decent part of the population that's like, when did this happen? That's not a thing. And they have a memory of things playing out a different way. For example, Jif peanut butter. Now, Jif peanut butter is a popular peanut butter brand, but there's a large part of the population that remembers Jif being Jiffy peanut butter. And they thought it just got shortened down over the years, but in fact, it had never been named Jiffy. It had always been named Jif. Another example of this is there's a large part of the population that remembers Looney Tunes, the WB cartoon. They were spelled tunes with T-O-O-N-S. Well, Tunes is actually spelled with T-U-N-E-S. And there's apparently a big group of people who remember it being spelled differently and just kind of one day woke up and was like, hey, when did they change that? We also have the argument of Curious George's tail. Curious George never had a tail, but there's a large amount of population that remember him having a tail. And again, while some of these things seem very small, there's a large amount of people that this really tripped them out because they have these memories and they're not the only ones. If I wake up one day and I remember Cleveland as being a city in Ohio and being told, no, there's never been a Cleveland in Ohio, Cleveland has always been in Michigan. Eh, I might scratch my head, argue back and forth, Google it, and then see, huh, in fact, there's never been a Cleveland in Ohio. Cleveland has always been in Michigan. And for some people, they would just drop it and be like, okay, I don't know why I remember it that way. But imagine if you had that type of thought and then you go online and find out there are thousands of other people who too remember Cleveland being in Ohio. And not only that, but you guys all have the same exact memory of what Cleveland looks like, what Cleveland sounds like, what part of the lake is near the bridge, things like that. People have specific details about these different items and situations that they call the Mandela effect. And there's thousands of people that have the same collective memory. So for a lot of people, this whole portal theory is not really that far out there for them. And for them, it was explain why he disappeared without a trace, why he disappeared without any noise, without anyone hearing or seeing a thing. Now, the next one is that Chris may have been on drugs and experienced a bad trip and freaked out and went somewhere. 
Again, this is one of the ones that is purely speculation. And in fact, I'm going to tie into another theory, which is that he had a mental break and he was hallucinating and he ran off. And people really say this because we have that detail of the boss saying that, yeah, he been acting weird the last couple of days. I personally don't think we should credit that statement whatsoever because it seems that nobody can pinpoint what exactly he meant by, oh, he's been acting weird. And then again, we have the family that disputes that. And it seems even family is unsure what is meant by that. And they also did not get clarification on what exactly he was doing that was so odd. But like always, when we have mysterious disappearances, people definitely want to jump to drugs or mental health. But the truth of the matter is, there's no indication of any heart drug history whatsoever. Not even the co-workers have mentioned that. Also, there's no history of him having any mental health problems. Now, a lot of people want to point out the fact that he was 20 years old. This is around the time a lot of males start experiencing their first psychotic episode. And while that is very true, I think it's kind of reckless to just throw that in there with no reason whatsoever other than his age and I really don't think we should give too much credit to the boss because it really was one of those things that also was thrown in as an afterthought. His boss knew his mother. His mother was actually his boss's babysitter. She took care of his kids and I would think if this is someone I know and I notice that their loved one is acting a bit odd. I would probably mention that, especially since they were acting a bit odd for a couple of days. But this is something that's not thrown in there until after he disappears and then it's never explained. It's never fleshed out. It's never given any other details other than, yeah, I mean, he probably did run off. He acted weird. That really honestly sounds extremely suspicious to me. And in fact, MysteriousUniverse.org had an article on Christopher's case. And they said that all his friends and family insist that he was well-adjusted and happy individual. And even his other co-workers painted him in slight as being someone who was hardworking, reliable, respectable, and just well-adjusted in general. So this whole statement of him acting weird out of nowhere and then people immediately throwing in mental health, it just seems really careless more than anything. Now, the theory that actually holds a lot of weight is that there was some sort of cover-up of Christopher's disappearance and actually people believe that it was a cover-up of Christopher's death. What exactly happened to him that would have caused his death? People are really split on that. There's some people that think it's an accidental death. There's some people who think he may have saw something that he shouldn't have. He may have overheard some things. His co-workers were doing something and he didn't want to go along with it. There's a lot of theories on how he could have possibly died if he is indeed dead. But regardless of people's theory on the suspected death, the cover-up seems to be a very prominent theory and especially in regards to race. So one of the things you'll hear people wondering is if this was a race-related incident, if there was any Ku Klux involvement. And the reason why the Ku Klux come in is because the Ku Klux is in Georgia. In 2016, there was a Ku Klux King white power rally that included people burning crosses all night in Paulding County. There's been a couple other instances of the Ku Klux kind of sending out newsletters, having their own parades, things such as that, and very recent times in different areas of Georgia. So it's not exactly that far-fetched to throw in race there, but here's the thing, I cannot find the race of the other workers. 
Now, we know that Christopher is black, but it's never really mentioned the race of the other men. We don't know their age, we don't know their race, we don't know their names. But there seems to be a lot of speculation that they were indeed white men. And here's the thing, the area where he was, Harris County, this is a 79% white county, okay? This is a 79% white county near the Alabama-Macon area. It's still, not, it's still not an area exactly known for racial harmony, and that's talking about now. This case happened almost 20 years ago where there was probably a lot more racial tension. In fact, if you go and Google Harris County right now, and you go to their Wikipedia page, for example, right after that first paragraph that they have for every page, that's a general summary of whatever the topic is, the very second paragraph talks about Harris County lynchings. Literally, lynchings. I'm not making this up. The first paragraph on their Wikipedia page is like, oh, Harris County formed of these cities in 18-whatever-whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then the very next paragraph is like, oh, by the way, let me tell you about their lynchings, and then just goes through their lynching history. That's how their Wikipedia page starts off. And don't get me wrong, I know Wikipedia is user-submitted information, but Google a couple other counties, and that is not how it would be presented. It's very odd to me that that is how the page starts off. And while all these things are true, honestly, we don't know what race the co-workers were. And there is actually nothing that indicates that anything racial was going on on the site. As far as we know, he didn't tell any family or friends that, hey, there's some weird energy going on here. I'm the only black guy or anything like that. It's one of those things that the internet just immediately assumes because he is a black male and it's not without reason. Just the other week, an officer was arrested for the murder of a unarmed black man from 2016. So it's not like this is foreign to Georgia. And I want to be very careful for my people living in Harris County. I am not saying these things to down the county. I just want people who are unfamiliar with the area to get a kind of sense of why commoners might go in on this theory. We don't have any evidence that his disappearance was directly racially motivated. You do get a sense that the reason why police completely dropped the ball, in fact, never picked the ball up at all when it comes to his disappearance. They did nothing. They did nothing nothing at all. I came across a page where the person ended their summary on this case with any information on the disappearance of Christopher Topkins. Please do not contact the Harris County Police Department. That is how they ended their write-up. And I don't think they're necessarily wrong for it. The police literally did nothing. Telling families it takes 24 hours before we do a missing persons case that's not out the ordinary but i think based on the information his co-workers gave us in finding the boot there finding on a bar fence wire things like that i would think that would give me a sense of urgency i i would not look at those details and go eh, he probably walked away let's give it 24 hours to see if he come back nothing about where his boots were found how they were found or the last time he was saw made any sense and the fact that police officers got this information rather quickly after it happened and did nothing says a lot to me but even furthermore they they came back they searched and they never followed up on the case 
even after his second boot was found five months later, again, somewhere between one mile to possibly several miles, depending on what article you follow up on, it was found in a swampy area and no one thought to do a search on that land or the swamp or anything like that. And their theory was still being pushed for that. Yeah, I mean, we think he's okay. And he walked away. He just doesn't want to be found, which is totally legal. The fact that with the few details that we have in this case, that that was their conclusion. Eh, I truly don't believe if this was Mike middle class Bobby, that the police would have handled the case in that way with those details. Unfortunately, in the disappearance of Christopher Tompkins, we just don't have enough information to make any formal conclusion. His case is more theories than it is actual facts, and even some of the facts that we have are disputed. His mother is still alive, and his mother is still wondering what happened to her baby. It is recorded that she believes that he is deceased, that she believed that he was deceased pretty much when this happened. However, it is stated she still wants to know what happened to her baby. She still wants her closure and she still deserves that. I do ask if you have any information regarding the case of Christopher Tompkins, that you please contact Macon, Georgia Regional Crime Stoppers at 478-742-2330. You can also call the National Crime Stoppers, which is one 800 222-TIPS. And if you have unwavering faith for whatever reason in the criminal justice system, you can call Harris County Sheriff Department at 706-628-4211. Unfortunately, that's all I have on this story. There hasn't been a lot of follow-up on this case. There have been blog posts and YouTube videos as recent as last year. However, they also are short. They also don't have a lot of information. And unfortunately, when you have cases that don't have a lot of information, people don't really report on them because they're like, okay, this report on this case would be all of five minutes. I need at least 20 minutes of material. And while that makes sense, at least a lot of people who have not been heard from, who have not been seen by their loved ones, kind of left out in the cold. And I feel like that's unfair. They deserve justice too. They deserve their little bit of details told just as much as the next case. And maybe by sharing their stories, we'll be able to get more details. We'll be able to get their family closure. We'll be able to get them home. So that's all I have for today. Today is the final episode of season one. Thank you guys so much for listening. As of right now, I am ending season one with over 5,000 listens. And that's amazing. I'm literally shocked every week that more than five of you guys want to hear my voice long enough to get the story. So I greatly appreciate that. Please keep sharing the stories. Please keep writing in. I will still be active on my Instagram page. I will be posting reels and I will be doing blogs. This particular case does not have a blog write-up. I am hoping to get you guys one by the end of November. If you haven't already, the Overlook podcast on YouTube, follow, subscribe. I will be posting videos during the interim. You can head over to the website, theoverlookpodcast.com and go through the blog posts. Look at other blog cases in case you're more of a reader than a listener. You can look at previous cases and please continue sharing their stories. Now, I do hope you guys have a great and wonderful start of your week in holiday season. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant, 
and I will have new cases for you guys first week of January for season two. Thanks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.